so good. And um, man, truly, every Sunday is a highlight of my week. Like just to be with 60 of some of the most wild, most in love with Jesus people I know in this area. Like just to all come together to see God. There's truly nothing like it. And I'm just thankful and honored to be here and like just honored. Like the Lord has done so much in every single one of our hearts to bring us to this moment, to bring us to this day. And I think recently I've just been so set free by my own inability. Like I've done nothing to be where I'm at right now. I've done nothing to earn the the love of God. I've I've done absolutely nothing to deserve to come to know these truths that I'm excited to share about. Like I've done nothing. And I just want like to to set us all free tonight is like, it's okay to understand that it's not by works tonight. It's okay to understand that it's not by anything rather than just a faith in an all knowing, all loving God who finished a work 2000 years ago. And we get to step into that tonight together. And so I really believe this is a message tonight um, that truly is for for people who want the fullness of God. Um, I, I think if you don't want the fullness of God, this message might not resonate a ton with you. Um, but, I, but I really feel like if tonight, even if you just have a, a desire, and again, that's what I want to say, like uh, the, the desire is what positions our heart for the fullness of God. You couldn't earn it. You couldn't do enough good works. You and I could not earn our way to the fullness of God. It's a positioning of our heart. And I just believe so deeply that if we are positioning our heart in a place tonight, that we want the fullness of God, that the truths that I feel like God's asking me to share are, are, are what helps us usher in. And if we live a life without these truths, I, I really believe we won't be living a life in the fullness of knowing God. I really do. And so I'm excited to share about this, but I just want to like, I just want to start by reading a little bit in, um, in John chapter four. Just, I just feel like this sets up so much of, of the night tonight. So John chapter four, this is the story of the woman at the well. It's one of my favorite stories of all time. Um, it's a story that absolutely blows me away with, with the love and compassion of our king. Yes. Man alive, we have a God that is so good. He didn't just send like someone, like a, an angel to come and to, to do some good things so that we could get to know God. He actually came. God came down and lived among us. And we get to see God living among us. He's traveling through Galilee and up through um, Samaria which is in a region where Jews and Samaritans didn't really get along. And he meets this woman. He meets this woman in her brokenness, in her mess, and all this stuff. And this is the phrase I just want to highlight. It's in verse 13 and 14 of John chapter 4. And he, he was asking the woman for a drink of, of water. And, and she responds, and then he responds to her and says, Everyone who drinks from this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give will become a well springing up inside into eternal life. And I'm just blown away that this is the reality that we get to live into, is that at one moment, you and I were, were, were trying our best. We had to get water from somewhere. We were thirsty. It reminds me of a story of the rich man and Lazarus, who um, was a poor man. And there's this vision that happens and the rich man is actually in in a place of of fire, in a place of burning, a place of hell. And he sees in this vision, he sees Abraham and he sees Lazarus on the other side of this in in like almost like a paradise place. And he's begging and he's crying out and he says, if only I could just get one drip of water, if only Lazarus could dip his finger in water and put it on my tongue. And that's how thirsty we truly are going to be for all of eternity without Jesus. 
Like that is our reality is that we're going to be constantly longing for something that we can never get enough of. We're going to be constantly empty. But Jesus gave a new way, a new way. He says, actually, it's not even something outside of you. It's something that I'm going to put inside of you and it's going to well up into eternal life and you will never be thirsty again. And this is what this is what I just want us to know in this is that we, we live in a world where, where billions of people are putting their hope in something that's never going to leave them satisfied. We live in a world where the people around us, people we see every single day, coworkers, friends, roommates, neighbors, brothers, sisters, moms, dads, whoever it may be, we see people every day that are living in a reality that they're putting hope in something that's going to leave them thirsty for all of eternity. That one day, if we believe the Bible, they're going to be in a position begging on the other side of this life saying, we need water. If they don't get the eternal water on this side of eternity, they're going to be in a place of constant thirst, constant thirst for something more. And this is the picture that I, I just got. And I just feel like this is um, going to set up a, a little bit of, of where the rest of, of the night is going to go. But I got this picture. I was just praying for tonight. I was just asking God, what do you want to say? What do you want to share? What do you want to reveal to us? And I got this picture of, of a person walking out like on a long dock or a pier, uh, a pier or like a, like a marina or something, if you can kind of visualize that with me. And, and I saw them get kind of to the end and there was two boats. And one was like this massive, like incredible cruise ship. And one was a rowboat. And the, the, the task that was set before them was to cross the ocean. It's an impossible task, a massive task. In the cruise ship, there was a king. There was a loving captain on this, on this cruise ship welcoming people saying, hey, come, you are welcome to come to me. I will come on, like, I'll take you across the ocean. You, you're gonna be safe with me. And then there was this little rowboat. And with this picture I kept seeing is people time after time again, saying, ah, I'll do it my own way, and hopping in a rowboat and going on this impossible trek across the ocean in just the regular waves, not even the stormy waves, the regular waves flipped over the boat and rolled them back on the shore. And the person again got on the shore, broken, scratched up, soaking wet, failing the mission within seconds, within seconds of setting out, goes, walks back out on that pier again and has a choice to make, hops in that rowboat goes again on this impossible journey. The waves come and they flip over and they get crashed up on shore again. And it just, it's this repeated cycle. And I, and I just feel like this is so much of what we see our world put our hope in. It's saying, I, I actually think I can do it. I actually think I can be the captain of my own boat. I actually believe that there's something that I could muster up to get myself across the ocean. And, and the, the thing that I wanna, that I just wanna like share tonight um, is that there, there's, a, there's a natural tendency for the world to want to go and do things on their own when truly God has provided a way. If we would just trust him and follow him and walk onto his boat, trusting him as the captain, trusting him as a leader, he's going to take us to places we could never get on our own. And I just want us to know this is kind of where it's going to go is that as long as we have breath in our lungs, on this side of eternity, on earth, it is our life's duty to stand with Jesus on the boat in between, proclaiming to the surrounding world that there's a better boat to hop onto. 
proclaiming to the surrounding world that you need to surrender and establish Jesus as the captain of your life. That there is actually a better way, a way that's not going to leave you crashing upon a shore, a way that's not going to leave you thirsty, dry, wanting something more, a way that is going to satisfy you for eternity. And it is the only way that we can go. And it's the way of Jesus. And that is where we're going tonight. This is a message that I believe every single one of us are lacking in living in the fullness of God if we don't live in a constant state of proclaiming Jesus as our Lord and Savior to the surrounding world. I mean it. I really believe in And when I say the fullness of God, if you're even just like wondering what that is, just living in a state of saying, if it's God, I want it. I want everything he has for me. I want the joy that he has for me. I want the peace that he has for me. I want the forgiveness that I can receive, but also I can give to others. I want the fullness of the fire of God living inside of me. That's what the fullness means is if it's of God, I want it. And I feel like we so often miss the fullness of God if we're not willing to stand on the dock with Jesus next to us and say, guys, come, come, come. There's a better way. There's a better way. So much of this for us, when we, when we step in a place where we are, are lacking in, in zeal for evangelism, and that's a lot of what this message is, is going to be um, tied into, is, is a message of evangelism. It's a message of preaching the gospel. It's a message of going forth to our friends, families, neighbors, nations, and places in between and telling about the good news. And I just want us to all identify that fear, complacency, apathy are a cancer in our life. And the first thing, this is a sign that you know that there's something that you need to to get out, to push out in order to step into the fullness of God. So often I experience the first thing, that complacency, apathy, fear, what the first thing it steals from my life is evangelism. That is the first thing that gets taken from me. That's good. First thing. And you know what? It's a cancer. It doesn't stop there. And so I even want us to be in a mindset of measuring, not, not in a way of, of, of works, but in a way of, man, am I living with amounts of fear and complacency and comparison and fear of man that are actually, if, if I'm living in a spot right now where the gospel is not a continual mindset of mine to proclaim to the surrounding world around me, I might be living in some fear and complacency and thus maybe not living in the fullness of Jesus. Yeah. And so what we see is that um, we, we serve a God that is, that is so filled with compassion. It is unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable that we serve a God so loving that he came into our brokenness, that he took 39 lashes, he took a crown of thorns, he took everything that we deserve for us because he loved us. And this compassion that we talk about in the Bible, it's mentioned, even Jesus says that he was moved to compassion in, in situations. It's a compassion that leads to action. When he went from village to village, it said he had compassion on the people that he was traveling to while on earth because he recognized they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were harassed. And I look at the world around us. I can't help but go to grocery stores, gas stations, and look and and just be like, man, the world around me is harassed, absolutely broken, like sheep without a shepherd, wandering, looking for something more. And I'm telling you, when we fall in love with Jesus, a byproduct of falling in love with him is him putting his spirit inside of us. That's the inheritance of every son and daughter of God is that we get to live with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead inside of us. And one of the defining features of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us is compassion, is compassion. 
And if anything tonight, guys, I want God to stir up in us. This is something I can't motivationally give to you for it to happen. We need the spirit of God to well up in us a compassion for the billions of people that are going out into the ocean and crashing within seconds of leaving the pier. We need to live in a place of compassion. And so I just want to read this, um, that, that really the cross was a twofold invitation. It was 100%, absolutely. The greatest invitation that he did for every single person was an invitation into salvation. That it was, a, it was something that we could never accomplish on our own. It was a work that we never could handle or do, but it was a work we deserved. But it, the first invitation of the cross was actually an invitation for every single one of us into salvation. And the second invitation I feel that I, that I feel like I don't even often recognize in my mind was actually an invitation of an example to follow. And to prove it to you, he says that even before he gets on the cross, in Matthew 16, verse 24 through 26, he said, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone, if anyone would want to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Little did they know right after that, you know, just a little bit later, Jesus would actually be the one leading the way, hopping on a cross. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, let, loses his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Guys, we need to know that the fullness of being a Christian is following Jesus. The fullness of being a Christian is living in a place where we take up our cross daily, considering it a joy to lay ourselves down for those around us. The fullness of being a Christian is following him, receiving the spirit of God in our lives and living in a state of compassion for the world around us. We are absolutely 100% missing something if we don't walk in the avenue in which God laid before us. We're just missing something. And I don't know about you, but I'm someone who just doesn't want to miss anything. Like, I really don't. I don't want to do something halfway. I don't want to. Here, here's even a silly example. Um, my wife, who's amazing, Haley, I love her so much. I don't even know if she's out there somewhere. But um, when we go out to eat, when we go out to restaurants or when I get food, she always wants to take a couple sips of my drink, a couple bites of my food. And it bothers me because I want the full thing. I want the fullness of it. I'm like, I would have ordered something smaller if I wanted something smaller. Or I would have like, and she's like, no, 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 I'm just taking a sip. You can open another one. But I'm like, I don't. I don't want to open another drink. I, I have this one and I wanted the whole drink. And that's a silly example. I'm being sanctified. I want to share more. I'm getting there. But I want to treat, I want to be so like that, that natural instinct in me of being like offended or frustrated that I'm missing out on the fullness of a pancake. I want that to be the same frustration I feel when I'm missing out on the fullness of God. Seriously, I do. And like, is anyone with me? Like, I want to be frustrated if I'm missing out on any bit of the fullness of God. And I'm telling you right now, you and I, we are all missing something if we are not regularly proclaiming the good news of Jesus to the world around us. 100% missing something. And Jesus sets this example where it is no longer I who live. It's no longer me. It's not about me. Before I came to know, know Jesus, it was. It was about me. It was what I could accomplish. It was how many good grades I could get. It was how many things I could accomplish on this side. It was me. Before Jesus, it was me. After Jesus, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I set aside the desires of the flesh 
And now we get to step into living a life that is so radically for others, laid down in love for the world around us. In life, um, it's easy to talk about the ones we love. It's pretty easy. Like I find myself talking about my wife a lot because I, I love her. I find myself talking about my best friends because um, I love them. I love doing life with them. I find myself talking about things I enjoy and, and, and the people um, I, I enjoy it with. And, and I just want to be clear, and I, and I have to ask myself this question pretty often, that if I, if I struggle to identify times in my life where I'm frequently talking about God, there's a fair argument to be made that there's maybe other things I love more than him. Wow. And that scares me. That freaks me out. <laughs> that, that it's, it's, it's not, you know, it, it can often be something we can look at to see, man, why am I talking about maybe the things I've done more than about him? Or maybe why am I talking more about ministry and the good works and the things that are opening up more than I'm talking about him? There's a reality that we talk about what we love. And it can be a good check in our hearts of, man, when is the last time in any given situation, whether it be with friends who already know God or people who have no idea the name of Jesus, when's the last time his name has been on my lips? to people around me out loud not not at a worship night where the music's going and and no one can even hear me but i'm talking about like actually with other people present outside of these four walls is the name of jesus even on my lips do i talk about other things more than i talk about jesus in life we also talk about um we also talk about um what we love and and the things that we love and I, i just want to say this too um uh, in life, we talk to those we love. Truly, we spend time talking to those we love. In the same way that I love my wife, I try to set aside time to prioritize time with my wife. In the same way that I love my best friends, I try to set aside time to talk with my best friends. But another, another area in which we can evaluate is if I am not constantly going out of my way to talk to people outside of my friends or family or people in my immediate circle that love me in return, there's an argument to be made that I actually don't love people the way I'm supposed to and I actually don't love people the way that Christ did because Christ loved people expecting nothing in return. And oftentimes when I see someone admire they're not going to do much for me, typically. I'm not expecting them to do anything for me when I approach them. I'm not expecting to get something in return for going out of my way to stop someone in a gas station. There's not much someone can offer me in that moment. And what I want to say is that Jesus came and he loved with an understanding that he was going to go to the cross and pay for something for the entire world, yet knowing that not the entire world was going to walk down that narrow path. And he loved with an expectation of getting nothing in return. And when we talk to those we love, it can be a clear sign. If we are not going out of our way to love someone who can absolutely give nothing to us in return in that moment, we might not be loving with the fullness of the love of God. And I want the fullness of the love of God in our lives. Jesus was beaten to the point of being unrecognizable, it says in the word. Yet today, even though that Jesus tore the veil, even though he moved the stone, what we celebrated just last week, even though he ascended to heaven and is sitting at the right hand of God, there are still so many today that don't recognize Jesus. 
even though he is full, he is complete, he is restored, he has scars in his hands to prove it, that the wounds are no longer there. They are healed and he is whole and he is recognizable. He tore the veil, yet there is still people in this world who don't recognize him and don't know him. Just a few weeks ago, I, I was um, on an airplane and I, I was just, it was like a 5 a.m. flight and I was uh, just ready to, honestly, I was ready to nap. I was really tired. I um, put on a, a message um, from, a, from a community I really look up to. I'm just listening into my, in my headphones and I just got filled waiting in line. I think I was boarding. And I don't know, does anyone else listen to music while they're boarding or like watching a video while they're boarding? You have to like switch it and you're like trying to like scan your boarding pass while you're walking in. You're like trying to listen to something. I, I was honestly just getting moved by the love of God, just listening. Just he was so present with me. And I walked into that airplane and I was just filled with a boldness from God. I was like, dude, God, you are real and you are worthy and I need you. I'm sorry for all the moments I've missed you. Today, I'm not gonna miss a moment where you're leading. And I sit down right next to the guy and how many know that sitting next to someone who knows Jesus and loves evangelism is like a death trap. You're gonna hear the gospel. You're gonna hear the good news. And I just sit down next to this guy and I'm like, dude, do you know that God loves you? That's all I said. I was filled with boldness, five in the morning. I was like, do you know God loves you? I said that. And, and he looked at me and he said, I don't, who, I don't know who's God. I don't know God. I was like, like Jesus, you know, Jesus. He's like, I've, no one's ever told me about Jesus. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me you've never heard about Jesus. I was like, did your family grow up in the church? He's like, no, I grew up in India. I moved over here. My family has some other religion. I don't really follow it. I've never heard about Jesus. I see churches, but I've never heard about Jesus. And I was blown away. And, and his name was Santosh. And I was like, Santosh, bro. Let me tell you about Jesus. And we just sit down in a moment. And, and I say this to, to, to say that even though Jesus has finished a work, there's still people who don't recognize him, who don't know him. And the truth is they need someone to help them recognize Jesus. They need you. Literally someone's eternity is waiting on the other side of your yes to be uncomfortable for five minutes. Is he worth five minutes to be uncomfortable so that someone doesn't have to live in eternity thirsty for something they're never going to get? Five minutes. And let me tell you, in that five minutes, I've shared the full good news with them. It, it was, I was just filled. I was like, God, this is what you did for me. I can't help but share in that moment. I was filled and I, and I shared the full good news. And I was like, dude, what do you think? He was like, dude, I, I don't really know. Can I think about it? I was like, yeah, I'll check in at the end of the plane ride. And so he's like <laughs> sitting there and I was like, okay, I was just praying. And literally two minutes into praying, I was like, I can't wait. I, I like you, you can't wait. And I just leaned over to him. I was like, bro, you, you, you want to give your life to Jesus, don't you? He was like, yes, I do. Wow. And he gave his life to Jesus. Yeah. So cool. So cool. But what I want to point out is those opportunities are there every single day, yeah. every single day. And I'm going to be honest, if I didn't take an action step, if I didn't give a moment for the for me to recognize Jesus in my day, I totally, I've done that a dozen times. I would have coasted my way onto that airplane. I would have thrown in my AirPods. I would have snoozed the entire way because I'm really good at sleeping on airplanes. It's a gift. I'm so thankful I have it. And I could just sleep anywhere. And I could have just done that. But I chose to invite God into a moment just by putting it, and I was just filled with the love of God. And I want to tell you that this message, the message of going, has to be based out of a place of loving God to the point of overflow. And it's a place that you're not going to accidentally end up in. 
You just won't. It's like a, it's like a, I know I'm using this example, it's like a good marriage. If you ever get married or you are married, you're not going to accidentally have a good marriage. That just won't happen. That's just not how it goes. You have to put time. You have to put effort. You have to sacrifice. You have to lay yourself down. You have to pick up your cross. And then there's opportunity for a good marriage. Then there's opportunity to be filled with the love of God. One more story is um, a few months ago, I, I got really convicted. And I'm praying that this conviction even increases in my heart tonight. I'm praying that it increases in all of our hearts. I think it was actually after a Sunday night. And I just went home um, and I was praying. I was like, God, I just, man, I've missed a lot of opportunities. I haven't invited you into my daily life. I I go and do ministry things. I drive places. I walk my dog every day and I'm not even looking for you. God, I'm sorry. I'm choosing in faith to look for you today. And I went to bed. I was praying. I was crying out, God, I'm going to look for you. I'm going to look for you. God, would you just give me an opportunity? Give me an opportunity. Give me someone who's ready, who has good soil in their heart to receive the good news. And so I I woke up early the next morning. It was Monday morning. And I'm walking my dog. And I ended up going on an extra long walk to like look look out park. It was early in the morning. No one was there. And I'm just sitting on the bench with with my dog. And this dude walks up to me. And he he was like, hey, can I pet your dog? How many know dogs are the best evangelism tool in the world? (laughs) Come on, it's that type where you walk up. Hey, your dog's so cute. By the way, have you ever heard about the love of God? He loves you so much. You ever been on Every Heart Tour? You know exactly what I'm talking about. You're in the city and you're like, dog, I'm going to go that way and find the dog. Um, I'm just being silly. But anyways, he comes up, pets my dog, and and we're sitting there in that moment. And and, um, he just starts opening up like, 6 30 in the morning and look out part. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I look like I just got hit by a train. I even shower. I'm like, there's like crusties in my eyes. I'm like, what? And this dude is 6 30 in the morning. The day after I prayed this prayer is there. And he's like, dude, it's been really hard. You know, I'm like, what? And it took me a second. I was like, God, are you, are you answering my prayer right now? And I just took time and I listened to him and his name was Sheldon. And I, I heard him out and I was like, dude, uh, t- tell me about what's going on. He's like, dude, I'm going to, I'm in a relationship um, with another guy and it's just not really going well. You know, we just got engaged and I just don't know what's going on. I'm experiencing homelessness. I'm bouncing from friends' couches to couches. I was just out here because I had nowhere else to go. And I was like, bro, I know somewhere you can go and it's to Jesus. Do you know about Jesus? And he was like, I haven't known about him at times. You know, I grew up in the area. I was like, listen, can I tell you how much he loves you? I just get to share the full gospel with him. And in that moment, he gives his life to Jesus. And in that moment, he says, I'm ready to surrender my same-sex relationship to God. He says, I'm ready. He says, I understand the mistakes. I understand. He's like, I I see why it's not even working. Like, I think God's providing me an opportunity right now to step out of sin. And I I text him for a while. And if you think of him, be praying for him. He he got a new phone. I lost contact with him. Don't know how he's doing. But I have to trust God in those moments. I really do. And I just want, I I share this to say that, that there is a cost. That this is a message. That the cost to living out this message is to pick up your cross and follow him. The cost to this message is to, to drive maybe a worse car so that you can give a little bit more, so that you can go do something a little bit more radical, so you can go live a job that God is asking you to do, so that you can be around the people that God's asking you to be around. Would, be, would losing friends be worth Jesus? Would five minutes of uncomfortability a day be worth it? Would it be worth it to live a life radically so that others could know him, so that others could be in a relationship with him, so that... Th- 
Three billion people around the world that don't even know Jesus' name could have an opportunity to know the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one that's provided a way. Guys, sometimes I feel selfish when I come to things and I'm just receiving. I, I feel like a glutton, honestly. I'm just receiving all this and I know there's people around me that don't even have a glimpse of what I get to have, what we get to have. They don't even know that nights like this are happening around the world that are stuck in religions that lead to just self-promotion and don't get anywhere and I'm just broken I feel so broken about it. I'm like God we have to do something and we call this our missional community because we have to be a community that lives on mission and so I just want to um we're gonna we're gonna actually just like take time to worship and to respond and not out of not out of hype or not out of guilt but out of like great joy that we get to actually see God and thus then make him known to the surrounding world around us and I just want us to take a second to evaluate, to evaluate where we're at, to evaluate kind of where, where we've been living, to evaluate um, what, what, we're, what we've been currently in. And so I, this is not to judge. This is not to embarrass. This is not anything other than just a self-evaluation of God. What more do you want? What part of the fullness of you am I missing? I don't want to go a single other moment without more of you because I love you, because I need you, because you are worthy. And so I, I just want us to think about where we're at and just think about three different maybe places we could be within this message. And I just want to push us all to the, to the last one that I'm going to mention. But maybe you're in the first place. And this is the place where the gospel hasn't come out of your mouth in a long time. Just honestly, and guys, I've been in this place dozens of times before. And it's a place where I don't feel guilt, I don't feel shame, but I feel conviction to, to set that aside. Tomorrow's a new day. Today is a new moment. And if you're in that place, there's opportunity. So maybe you're in the camp that the gospel hasn't been on your mouth in a long time, that there's people around you that you know are so lost, but you've been stuck in complacency and fear and, and maybe different emotions or things that hold you back. Maybe you're in the second camp and, and you, do, you do share the gospel, but you share when it's convenient. When it's easy, when you see a dog, <laughs> maybe that's the camp you're in. As you're sitting in a camp where the gospel does come out and, and, and praise the Lord, it does. But, but you only are in that spot when it's convenient. You're only in that spot when it's easy. You're only in that spot when you maybe have a little bit of extra time, when it doesn't interrupt your schedule too much. And maybe you're in the last camp. And I feel like this is the camp that God is inviting every single one of us to be in. And this is, the, this is the camp where you're consistently living with an open ear and an open heart to respond to God in any moment, through any day. Not out of a place of striving. You could preach the gospel a million times. You still couldn't earn anything. You really couldn't. It's not going to get you more gold stars or get you anything. It's out of this place of love and desire of the fullness of God. And this is the invitation is to live in a place without fear, without complacency, without apathy, and invite every single one of us. God is inviting every single one of us to live with an open ear and an open heart to follow him. And I'm telling you, every single story, let, let me even just be honest. I, I shared, I just want us all to know, guys, that the harvest is so ready. Uh, I'm gonna be honest, in the past two months since those two stories have happened, truthfully, I've probably one-on-one -on -one preached the gospel maybe eight times. Not really proud of that, being honest. This is a message I'm hearing for myself as well. I, I have interrupted my day, interrupted my moments, interrupted oh, oh, about eight times probably, if I had to guess. It might be a little more, I, I don't really know. 
but not as much. I, I'm probably not where I want to be. And this is a conviction the Lord's been putting in my heart past week. This is why I'm bringing it out. And I just want to say that two of those stories, two out of eight, received Jesus. And that's just the kindness of God, guys. The, the harvest is truly so ready. So ready. And I feel like God is just waiting. Is just crying out. Is interceding. It says Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, interceding on our behalf. And one of the things I believe he's interceding for is for us to live into the fullness of him by carrying out the good news to the world around us. I believe with, with all my heart that was one of the greatest desires he even says in Matthew 28 before he ascends into heaven he says go therefore and preach the gospel tell of the good news to all creation he says that in Mark 16 he says in, in Acts chapter 1 go therefore and be my witness in Jerusalem locally go, go be that in your local school where you're going right now go be that in your job in Jerusalem in Judea go be that in Michigan if God leads you go in Michigan in, in Judea and all all of America go if he's saying go go into the ends of the earth nations places that you don't even know the language places that you can't even pronounce right now go 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 he's inviting us to be his witness and the call's already gone out you don't have to wait for a word of the Lord to go you don't you don't have to sit there and wait God tell me if I should preach the gospel he's not gonna he already said go therefore and make disciples of all nations so this is this is i just kind of want to if you guys just want to get in a posture where you can sit you can stand i just want to walk us through this response moment